Hello, everyone. This is Wes Miller with Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football and proud member of Blue Wire Hustle. Join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news around the league, predictions for next week's matchups, and more. And what's up, everybody? It's Wes. Welcome to another exciting episode of Pigskins and Pageantry. We got a great show lined up for you tonight. The uh, the kettle around the league is starting to boil, and the pressure is going to cause a full blown explosion one way or the other here in the next few weeks. Um, we will also react to the latest CFP rankings, which were just dropped here on Tuesday night, um, and uh, we'll we'll give our thoughts on that. And with me to talk about it, as always, Jesse, what's going on? Do you have a voice still? I do have a voice, oddly enough. I, I do not know how. I was happily back in T-Town this weekend attending my first game since uh, not being a student. So very cool. Cool to see the tickets you could afford as, a, as an alumni. Um, was with nice. a lot of alumni friends, which was really cool. And I've noticed that not much changes in six years. Uh, but yeah. the only thing that really does change is your ability to pay your tab. And for that, we are so thankful. We're yes. So, thankful. so lots of, lots of tradition that doesn't change and dare I say pageantry, right? So, yeah. um, yeah. So, uh, Matt, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh, biding my time until this weekend. <laughs> I know you are. We'll get in, we'll get into that. That's uh, that's a whole thing in and of itself. So, uh, let's talk about those games from last weekend and see how everybody did. Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. All right, well, the first game that we had last week was Mizzou at Georgia. Georgia winning this one 43-6. to Jesse got the point. She said it was going to be 45-6. to So, I mean, I, I texted you. I was like, my guy's so close. Like, it was right there. Um, close. And, Did we get a uh, point and a half? Yeah, I know, right? Um, I can see, I can, I can tell that you're really enthralled by this game, by the way. So, um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the game was obviously, um, uh, good for Georgia fans, but, uh, Connor Basilek missed this game with a soft tissue, lower body injury. Um, so not really sure exactly what's going on with that. I think he sustained that in the game prior. Um, but, uh, Brady, Brady Cook and Tyler Macon took his place. Uh, I think both of them are freshmen, um, at the quarterback position. And uh, Georgia kind of struggled with the scrambling abilities of them a, a little bit early on, but they did adjust. Uh, solid game uh, by the dogs with a good play on defense, offense, and special teams. Uh, so good to see that. Um, and then uh, JT Daniels getting back in the game, trying to knock some of that rust off. Um, and he had some good throws. He had a touchdown throw um, and, and looked good. Uh, one that he did have a pick on, he, um, he threw it behind the receiver and it sort of got uh, tipped back towards the defender, and they made uh, they made the play there. So um, I think that's another one of those things with uh, time off. Yes, he's he's healthy, but um, he hasn't played in a while. So that's just going to come. He's going to have to play the rust off, basically, is what it amounts to. Um, so I was glad they were able to get him in there. Um, ten, I think it was either ten or eleven different receivers utilized for Georgia. Um, so that's cool to see also spreading the ball around. I know this is just, uh, like a bonus, uh, at the end, but the defensive stand at the end as time expired, because it, 
you know, uh, when Kentucky played us, uh, Stoops called like a bunch of timeouts at the end and they got that touchdown right at the end. Um, and I was glad to see them not let them in the end zone this time and uh, make that stand. And I think, you know, a lot of the starters were out at that point too. So at that point, it's just, uh, you know, the, the twos are in there and, and beyond and, and taking pride in that. Um, and the defense has only allowed five touchdowns all season. So um, I think this is kind of what we expected to happen, but Jesse, what were your thoughts on this game? I was so close. Um, I know, but I mean, it's boring. No offense. <laughs> it's really boring. Not offended. If Mizzou's, I wasn't a Georgia fan, I would be bored as well. Mizzou's terrible. I mean, Awful. and I, I don't even think having Basilac in there would have helped much. It doesn't matter. They're yeah. terrible. And, you know, Georgia put up almost double the amount of yardage that Mizzou did. I do think it's interesting that Daniels did come into the game he does need to come into the game, right? It's like you said, he needs to kind of wear that rust off. But to me, it's just kind of funny that he is now the backup guy. And I I don't know. I, I don't think even when he gets the rust kind of shaken off that you put him in, to be honest with you. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of like uh, on par for the whole what's up is down in around the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or around the NCAA in general, not just the SEC. But uh, Matt, what were your thoughts? Yeah, like Jesse said, this is kind of a dull game. Um, You know, Georgia's defense, again, showing that it's elite. Um, Interesting that they they struggled with the scrambling quarterback for a while there. We'll come back to that. A couple of – Good practice. Good practice, yeah. Uh, A couple things jump off the page. Uh, Georgia had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven running backs with double digit uh, digit, uh, yardage. So that's cool. I didn't know that Georgia had a seven-headed running monster, but apparently they do. Um, it just kind of I, – I don't. I hate to use the word domination because – but that's what it is. I mean, Mizzou's yeah. – you know, this season has been incredibly not good. <laughs> so They're yeah, bad. You can say lot. bad. There's the, well, I don't want – the three Mizzou that. fans that listen to the podcast, I don't want to They may them. be offended, yeah. Even if, even if their coach is a jerk and a nerd. But anyway um, – you know, he might be a fired nerd. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're not fired. You didn't even yet. say his proper name either. Coach so. Drinky. Yeah. So I yeah, it's, it is what it is. I mean, we we knew that this was gonna. I, we all picked Georgia to win this thing in a blowout. None of us were shocked by the score at all. So, um, it's just was that just. Eh. Yeah. Well, we as you said, as you said a lot, you know, you really want the teams around the league to be strong as a whole to make the league stronger. Um, and I remember when Mizzou was, you know, a formidable opponent. You they, you look at them on the schedule and you think that's that's going to be, you know, somewhat of a challenge or, you know, maybe this is not going to be an easy game at all. Um, but now you kind of look at that that date on your schedule a little bit differently. And it's it's not good um, for for the league or Mizzou, obviously. So, uh, well, they were just in the SEC championship game, what, four years ago? Five years ago? They were in when I was a senior. So it would have been uh, the 2014-15 season. Seven years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they went. Now. They didn't really. <laughs> we knocked their socks off. Right. I remember that. That was, that game was but, over so fast. You know. Yeah. But they made it. So, um, and, and a lot of other teams didn't. So, um, all right. Well, interesting, again, just to kind of watch that story 
the decline of Mizzou kind of uh, kind of sad to watch, but uh, we'll, we'll keep tabs on that and uh, the coaching situation as well. Um, next, we had Liberty at Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss winning this one 27 to 14. I got the point in this one. Ole Miss, they got off to a fast start, scoring the first 24 points of this game. Uh, but Liberty, to their credit, didn't fold, uh, made it respectable. Um, and then another interesting stat to note from this game is Ole Miss had nine sacks <laughs> in this game, so, uh, which is just uh, poor, uh, poor Willis back there for, uh, for Liberty, just getting knocked around really good. He also had three picks in this game. Um, Matt, that's against an SEC defense that's traditionally not that great. Right. Yeah. Well, you yeah. if they had played Georgia. Oh man, that, uh, that would have been rough. <laughs> They'd have been pulling kids off on stretchers. That'd have been awful. I was gonna say he would have been injured, unfortunately. Probably. Yeah. Well, uh, Matt, what were your thoughts on the game as a whole? Uh, again, I think we anticipated this. It was kind of neat to see Hugh Freeze back in Oxford, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously he kept a cell phone in his pocket, so nothing going on there <laughs> that we know of. Um, that we know of. <laughs> He's gotten sure better. Him, yeah. him and Lane probably had a nightcap later that evening. Yeah. Um, you swap yeah, ideas on how yeah, to yeah. how to play exactly. things on the down low. <clears throat> Lord, um, I am kind of because I didn't have a chance to watch this. I'm just kind of looking at the stat line. I am kind of inter- it's interested in how in the world uh, Ole Miss managed to give up 457 yards of total offense to Liberty. Just mm, I know that Hugh Freeze is really good at offense, but again, well, that Ole Miss defense just kind of Ole Miss isn't very good at defense. <laughs> Well, that's true. Which is interesting. So they, it's just an interesting um, uh, conundrum or whatever you want to call it, paradox of of stats. You got nine sacks, but you also gave up 457 yards of offense too. So it's kind of like feast or famine on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Jesse, what we thoughts did two you have? Coach, you have two coaches that are kind of similar, if you think about them, two very offensive forward guys to morally questionable oh, gentlemen both were at Ole Miss did you say both offensive a- offensive offensive <laughs> offensive potato potato <laughs> um they both really love a visor I'm just saying I'm seeing that Ole Miss has a type yeah I, whatever <laughs> Uh, but no Hugh Freeze wasn't ready to let Oxford go I mean they put up quite a quite a bit of a fight um, but any upset hopes were really trashed by by halftime. And it's like you said, Willis threw two interceptions. He was sacked seven times in the first half. Seven of those nine yeah. were the first Man. half. Um, Liberty also missed a field goal and had a penalty that, you know, took away some scoring opportunities. And they did play better in the second half. As you can see, they didn't give up as many sacks. But um, it was really just too late in the game to, to make that much of a difference. And Ole Miss was able to rebound against that loss uh, at Auburn. So they provided some, some comeback. Matt Corral looked very good. And I think he's upping his chances at a Heisman with games like this when he makes a lot of completions. He's able to be really dynamic on the field. Um, they had some wide receivers that had breakout performances. So overall, I think they finished very well. Um, it must have been a very fun game to be at knowing that Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze are both friends. Um, and of course they have their own little controversies to chat through, but um, it must've been a really fun game, I think in Oxford. And yeah, I think the one stat like Matt pointed out, it's gotta be 
defense for Ole Miss giving up 457 yards of total offense is insane for a team like Liberty. And if you play other SEC teams, that's not going to fly. You're, you're not going to go very far. So it's a, it's across the SEC, but you know, we, we got to get better or back to defense. We used to do it. I don't know what happened. I wonder, I wonder what that pregame conversation was like, you know, how the coaches stand out on the field before the game and chat about nothing in particular. I don't know what that was, you know? So I so, think it was probably not Mike oh, for a reason. Oh, I think man. it was. Uh, so <laughs> what did you get to keep in the divorce type of discussion? <laughs> you freeze coaches at a Christian school. Like that. <laughs> oh, man. By the I way, guys, forget that. something that popped off the stat sheet at me is Liberty's uh, running backs. One had a, their lead running back had 101 yards on the ground. Their second running back had 98 yards on the ground. Their third running back had 71 yards on the ground. So and that's against Liberty, who's who's in the oh, hold on, who's in the they're independent. They're not even in a conference. I, was say, I don't. Them and them and Notre Dame hang out. They chat and do stuff. Ew. So it's just ugh. that old Miss defense is always always going, huh? Well, if you <laughs> even look at time of possession, Liberty had almost double time of possession than Ole Miss did. So obviously that shows that Ole Miss's offense is scoring very quickly. They're moving the ball, but that the defense is not getting Liberty off the feet. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Liberty also had more first downs. <laughs> they needed more first downs, apparently, but have mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it's an interesting one there. Um Probably a little bit closer than we than we thought, um, but yeah, credit to Liberty. You know, they'll surprise some people, I think, and as they have, you know, many many times already. Hugh um, Freeze is not a bad coach. Not I, at I all. mean, like in a football way. Right, bring <laughs> the, him back. Bring him yeah. back. Bring still can't back. still can't believe hey, he hasn't been brought Florida's, back. Florida's going to need a new head coach here pretty soon, huh? 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 If Urban Meyer doesn't get there first, and, Urban you know, Meyer's not going anywhere. He's going to stay in Jacksonville. You know, what? he's got a hook. He's got the hook up with all the ladies in Jacksonville now too. He's going to USC. He's not going to USC. I think James Franklin is going to USC. I don't know the uh, Hugh Freeze. I I think he's got the the personality and the offensive mind to go to Florida. I LSU know, that, that would work or that too. Mm-hmm. Look at the Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Please don't put Hugh Freeze at LSU. Yeah, that could he be. He would lose his mind being that close to New Orleans. That's true. That's true. Oh man, that's an awful idea. Yeah. This is so funny. All right, let's go ahead and talk about Auburn at Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next we have, or I'm sorry, the, the actual score was A&M winning this one 20 to seven. Jesse got the pick because, or she got the point because she was the only one to pick A&M in this one. Um, I don't know, Jesse, if if you were looking at the score and had like flashbacks to Bama LSU or at least uh, early on with the uh, the field goal game and all the defensive slugfest going on and the missed field goals. Triggered. A&M was leading 9-3 in this game when uh, Bo Nix was kind of scrambling around trying to have the, the Johnny Manziel type moments that he has a lot of times and he coughed up the football 
and uh, Michael Clemens uh, returned it 24 yards for a touchdown. A&M was then able to add on another field goal to win this one 20 to seven, as we said. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this was a, an interesting one. I, I, I wasn't sure um, if we were going to get any kind of offense worth mentioning. <laughs> Um, and I guess really we, we still didn't, we just really got that main, uh, the, the, the scoop and score was the main, yeah. uh, main item to talk about. Um, and then also, uh, listener feedback, Harper Stanley says that we should talk about the 12th man who was a factor in this one as well as yeah. they, as they often are there. Uh, but, um, I don't know, Jesse, what, what were your thoughts on this one? I know, I think yeah, you have, you have I, a story about that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think um, in regards to the 12th man, that's exactly why I picked Texas A&M. If you go back to the last week's show, you know, had it been in Jordan Hare, I would have picked Auburn, but it wasn't. It was a Kyle Field, and that is huge and obviously had, I think, was a factor in our game. Um, but fans, and we've said it countless times this season, fans play such a huge role, especially this season when we didn't have them last season. So to have that noise, to have that energy, to have that hype, you can throw a, a team off. They can't hear on the field. They're going to get delay of game penalties. They can't get right. They, they don't know where they're supposed to go. It's a huge thing. So, you know, when you have that sort of atmosphere, it absolutely swings things into your corner. That's why people talk about home field advantage. And I, I think we've been seeing that this season at Kyle Field. Um, and that's obviously why they have the whole 12th man thing, but I think it's been even more effective this season, but obviously I was in Tuscaloosa this weekend. I was in the game. I, I was at Bryant Denny and they, you know, we had commercial breaks because it was one of the, the primetime games. We have to have 90 second, at least 90 second commercial breaks. And during those breaks, we have Tide TV that's announcing what's happening across the conference or across the league. And they announced the Auburn, Texas A&M score and when I tell you that Bryant Denny Stadium lit up with clapping and laughter when they announced that Auburn lost (laughs) you would have thought we scored a touchdown Um, it was hilarious yes we did lose to Texas A&M and maybe people think we should commiserate with Auburn but no we we literally just laughed Um, and we're glad that they too got beaten but yeah I think we saw at Texas A&M is moving up in the polls because of that win. That was a huge win for them. They're right there on the cusp. Uh, and the Tigers finished with 73 yards rushing on 29 attempts. That was led by Tank Bigsby, who had 69 of those 73 yards. Bo Nix completed 20 for 41 passes. And uh, for only 153 yards, fumble and an interception. Again, it's the Jekyll and Hyde of Bo Nix. He's too inconsistent for me. Bye, bye, bye. Not, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Can't do it. I would not be in support of this. I need to make that a sound for whenever things don't go well. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it reminds um, me of uh, I Love Lucy. Like, uh, Lucy oh, yeah. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the Aggies, they were solid on rushing. Um, Isaiah Spiller and Devon Ashane. I, I never know if I'm saying it right. Devin, a Shane. Oh, I'm right. So I'm not sure. Ash- so sorry, honey. But uh, 112 and 98 yards. They, you know, it wasn't a offensive slugfest, but it certainly uh, it certainly was quite the game if you were a uh, an Aggie fan or a Tiger fan. 
An interesting twist in the West now is if Auburn is able to hold it together against Ole Miss this weekend, and then, uh, or I'm sorry, if if Auburn beats Bama at the end and uh, A&M is able to hang on until then, A&M will actually go in the West. Yeah. And Jesse because of how, I mean, I will be what very unwell. Well, I mean, I will need thoughts and prayers. The I just, if you would have told me that a few weeks ago, I would have laughed at you. Um, just because we all kind of wrote off A and M uh, early on this season because they just looked pathetic on offense and in a lot of other aspects, and certainly not expected. So, uh, no. Matt, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, again, uh, we should have thought about the home field advantage a little bit more because, yeah, A and M that twelfth man's kind of rough. Um, he, here's the thing: I, I was looking back while we were talking. <coughs> excuse me, I was looking back at um, uh, Bo Nix's just his stat line through the season, and if you look at games where Auburn lost, he's he he's the linchpin apparently because um, his QB rating against A&M was a twenty six which is bad. Um, when, he, when at Ole Miss was, uh, or excuse me, against Ole Miss, was, he had a QB rating of 82. Against Arkansas, he had a QB rating of 97. Uh, the loss to Georgia, he had a QB rating of 39. Um, the win at LSU, an 80. The win against Georgia State, uh, oh, that's an aberration, but either way. Uh, Penn State was a 75. That was still a loss, but he still played a pretty decent game. When you look at, like, where Auburn kind of goes off the rails, the quarterback plays what kills them, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bo Nix, if you could shut him down, you could shut down Auburn's offense, apparently. Yeah. Um, we know we know Tank Bigsby's a uh, uh is a big uh a big runner, and we know that he's a he's a big load to carry and he's you know, he can run the ball. But it seems like if you could shut down Nix, you could shut down Auburn. So something to look forward to for Bama, because they need to be keying on him when they play him in a couple weeks. Scramble Nix. You scramble the whole offense, yeah. and um, and it seems that his um, his performance on the road versus at home is a usually yeah. a lot different as well. So, and I think that's unfortunately we play in Jordan Hare. So, yeah, yeah. Well, it's fine. We're probably going to end up holding that, Jesse. I'm sorry. We'll don't you don't you put that voodoo on me? Look, it's going to be Texas A&M against Georgia in the SEC championship <gasps> game. Don't you dare! I'm That's just so saying. Rude. That's what it's looking like. It's going to happen. I I don't even know what to think about about that. It's uh, hey, it's going to get a great bowl game. What are you complaining for? You can't win the national championship every year. The other at least, which I guess we did win last year, but still. <laughs> I guess I guess we won last year. Saying. Whatever. It's not, but no big deal. Whatever. Yeah, it's just number forty-five that we you got know. this month. Yeah. Um, all it right. must be nice, eh, Wes? You, you and me are sitting here going, please, sir, can we have a nice the championship? I know, because it's, it's, <laughs> it's just be nice to, over there polishing off his eighth one. As I say, just be nice to have, like, one of those. <laughs> much less multiples. Um, all right, let's get to Mississippi at Arkansas, or at Mississippi State at Arkansas. Arkansas won this one 31 uh, to 28. I got the point. I was the only one to pick Arkansas again, oh. home field advantage, possibly playing a part here. Um, Mississippi state's offense slow to start with, uh, but they did get a touchdown at the end of the first half to make it 13 to seven. And then 
it's just like the floodgates opened in the second half because it was just wild uh, with Mississippi mm-hmm. State taking the lead uh, 27 to 23 with two minutes and 22 seconds left in the game. Arkansas then marches down the field and scores on a four-yard touchdown run by Dominique Johnson. Uh, Mississippi State drove to set up a field goal to tie it, and then they've had, they had had field goal struggles that game. So Mike Leach switched kickers after Brandon Rees missed two field goals, but Nolan McCord wasn't able to hit as well. And I think that was from about 40, I think, was what that, that field goal was. And, Don't uh, do that ever. So Arkansas hung on to win it. Uh, Arkansas is bowl eligible for the first time since 2016, and that deserves a sound clip from Sam Pittman. So let's let's hear what he had to say. <laughs> hey, we made it interesting, didn't we? Mississippi State has a wonderful football team, well-coached football team. We feel so honored to be able to win the game. And when we came down with 222 to go score, what a drive by Coach Browse and the offense and the offensive staff. And got missed it left, and thank goodness for that. You get that final touchdown in. Jordan and I are going back and forth talking about all these creative plays, throwbacks, this, that. You called the timeout, and then what do you do? Well, here, down there on the two-point, I wanted to run it because if we threw it and they picked it and they ran it back, and I thought Dominic Johnson and our old line could go in there and get it, by golly, they did. There were so many moments in this game that your team could have allowed momentum to take over their emotions. They kept fighting, kept scratching, found a way not only to win, coach, yeah. but to get bowl eligible. We were trying to, we were trying to fight that at halftime. You know, it was up 13 to nothing. They scored right there before that. We were fighting that momentum change at halftime. But our kids hung in, uh, hard, tough. Our dang, uh, offensive and defensive coaches did a great job. Scott found did a great Great job. And we're going to some bowl. We don't know what, but Arkansas is going to a bowl. And I know you're going to enjoy it. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> so, obviously, yes, obviously, Coach Sam Pittman elated there. So, Matt, what, what were your thoughts on Didn't on he get game? injured? Yeah, he was yeah, doing he, a commercial he gets, and he broke his arm or something. Or no, Pulling didn't he? his dog? He, like, tore, a, tore his muscle tore and his bicep. bicep. Right, yeah. That's what it was, yeah. Dang. All right. Ooh, I well, know that had to hurt. Anyway, on this one, Matt, what were your thoughts on this game? Um, really great finish to this game. I, w- I had a chance to watch the fourth quarter, and I thoroughly enjoyed this. I was glad that I wasn't a Mississippi State fan or an Arkansas fan because I'd be pulling my hair out uh, through the through the end of that game. Um, I feel really bad for Mississippi State's kicker because they were put in a good position to tie this thing up, and you know that's the way it works. With kick kickers are a lot like I've been told they're a lot like thoroughbred horses. They're just it's really mental, like incredibly mental. And it's so easy for them to get in their own head and for them things to go awry. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I was looking at the stat line. Mississippi State left nine points on the board here. Uh, mm-hmm. They missed three field goals in this game. So that's ouch. And I think Mike Leach had, uh, during, in the postgame presser uh, put out a statement about. Oh, I've, got, I've got it. Oh, you got that? Okay. Well, yeah. I won't spoil it. Then I'll be <laughs> quiet. But yeah, great game i just i i hate somebody had to lose this i would love to have seen this go to overtime um, yeah because that would have been a great finish yeah well from from the highest of highs with sam Pittman to the lowest of lows listening to mike leach uh talk about the kicking game let's hear what he had to say uh after after the uh loss well i i think that uh yeah there's an open tryout and you can announce this there's an open tryout on our campus 
uh, for kickers. You know, anybody that wants to, uh, wants to kick or, 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 uh, walk on and kick at, uh, Mississippi State, um, you know, we'll hold a tryout anytime you can get over there to our building, uh, providing you're cleared by the NC2A. Jesse, when Ouch. you, when you hear something like that, what is your reaction? When you hear it, uh, I don't like that at that. all. I think that is terrible coaching. I think that is awful coaching. Um, as someone who, you know, has known um, at least one kicker at Alabama, mm-hmm. um, one that went through an eerily similar situation in, you know, playing against Auburn, missing a couple kicks during the game. He gets swapped out. Another kicker comes in. They miss. That's the kick six. All of that. The mental uh, battle that they go through. I, and I make fun of kickers all the time. We all do. Absolutely. But they are on anxiety medication. Um, there is a, a mental battle constantly going on in their heads because the at a stage like this in a Division One school where people are so passionate, they get every kind of hate thrown at them and they get death threats, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the thing that a player needs is their coach to have their back, um, their coach not to make comments like that in a press conference that they are then going to hear because it is a mental game. I mean, of course they have to have the leg, they have to be able to kick it in accuracy, but it is also a mental game. And when you feel like your coach doesn't believe in you and is making snide remarks, funny things, that is just adding to that, that mental game. And, and I, I think it was a very, very poor coaching decision um, on Mike Leach's part. And I'm very, very disappointed to hear him say that. I agree. I mean, quite, you know, it's just throwing, throwing them under the bus in that manner. Um, you, like you said, your coach is the the person that you expect to stick up for you. Mm-hmm. And maybe if he needs to make those decisions behind closed doors, that's that's a different sure. matter. Sure, but, but I can't imagine Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, uh, Coach Pittman. I can't imagine any of them no. saying that at no. all. I could see Kirby or Saban saying that. I, see, I but we've had that happen, and he he hasn't. In fact. He's been super supportive um, of our kickers and has really gotten on to people about um, coming after our kickers because at the end of the day, and I truly believe this, it it should never come down to a field goal. Your offense, once you're in the red zone, your offense needs to take care of business, and their offense didn't do that. Right. Well, um, a little bit of listener feedback here. Jody Hendricks said we should talk about the highs and lows of Mississippi State. And it's been interesting to watch them. We've talked about this last week, um, kind of their potential. Um, obviously, they they uh, got off to a, a bit of a rough start. Um, they, pro- they should not have lost to Memphis, uh, almost came back against LSU. Um, and, and they get on a bit of a hot streak. Um, and then they have losses like this. Uh, where, you know, obviously, you know, they lost to a quality Arkansas team. It was a hard fought mm-hmm. battle. Um, but I think the, the manner also, and then the post game comments, it, it seems to spiral, right? It's just, it um, doesn't create a good locker room atmosphere. Not at and all. You've already had so many transfers in your first year as a head coach that, um, the, and I don't know what it's like in the locker room when they win. I mean, maybe it's it's super great, 
but a roller coaster of emotions in a locker room is is not always a, a good recipe. Right. And I think if um, if Mike Leach wants to take that approach with the kickers, uh, if he thinks that they're kind of like a, a dime a dozen, he can just run them through and and try out whoever. That's one thing. But, you know, the other players see that, too. And mm-hmm. they they see, well, man, if he's like going to throw him under the bus, then am I next? Right. It's just uh, a. Yeah. Like you said, it's a it's a uh, locker room attitude, and that's mm-hmm. it's whether they say it or not. I guarantee you, they're thinking about that. It's it's odd. So, absolutely. Um. All right. Um. Let's talk about the game that you attended, Jesse. Let's talk about uh-huh. LSU at Bama. Uh, by the way, did you say uh, did you say hi to uh, Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler while they were there calling the game? No, you didn't I can't say that I did. I was very close to Clay Travis at one point. Um, gotcha. He was set up outside one of the bars uh, I was at before the game started. <laughs> nice. Well, you, uh, the Bama Bama did win uh, 20 to 14 and you got the point in this one. Um, but yeah, this was a wild one. Um, I, I think we all kind of expected uh, even at the slow start that Bama would kind of march ahead and pull ahead and we'd be like, Oh, okay. This is what we expected, but it never happened. And uh, LSU with nothing to lose, pulling out all the, all the stops with fake punts and and all of this craziness. Um, Perhaps Bama, not necessarily from Saban's approach, but maybe some of the players coming in perhaps a bit unprepared or overconfident, um, and then the the bigger the biggest shock to me in this is uh, uh, Bama had six rushing yards, and I think that's for the first time since like the early '90s that they were held to six rushing yards. Ouch. So anyway, I don't. Um, I want to go ahead and get your thoughts, and then let's listen to uh, what Saban had to say. Um, I was unwell. <laughs> um, I had great seats. Uh, and and everybody before the game was like, oh, I hope it's a good game. You know, I hope I hope it's and I was like, I'm fine with the blowout. Stop saying that. I'm fine with the blowout. Everybody could really be quiet right now. Right. Um but it was like LSU, you know, when you you like get fired or you put in your two weeks and it's your last day and you're like, I'm leaving anyway. Right. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Fire me. Like, <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Fire me. Just like wreak havoc everywhere. It's like, that was their mentality. Even the LSU fans. And I've been to several LSU, LSU games in Tuscaloosa. They travel very well. It's like mm-hmm. five hours from Baton Rouge. It's not a horrible drive. They travel super well. They're, they didn't even fill up a whole section. They were half of a sec, half of a corner section. Oh, wow. It's like they were like, eh, we're not even going to go. It's not worth it, blah, blah. They should have come. They should have come. I was going to say, goodness. You should have come. Um, but it was, we were living dangerously. And I knew as soon as we missed that extra point, it was going to come back to haunt us because we've been there before. Right. We have. Um, and I think Ed Ogeron must have taken a, uh, a couple plays out of the Lane Kiffin fourth down playbook, and he actually executed them. Our poor defense was on the field all the time, and offense, and it wasn't even just you know Bryce Young. Like I think there are, there was some very poor play calling. Um, I want Bill O'Brien out of there <laughs> yesterday. I cannot stand him. If there is one coordinator you want to take, take him, please, dear God, wow. somebody. 
I you, cannot. Usually, it's stand like the don't man. poach our uh, our coordinators. This year, it's kind of like take them. <laughs> he's on like curb alert, curbside pickup. He's on the curb. Please hey, come Jesse. get him. He had I, one bad game. No, he has not. Had you watched the A and M game? Uh, don't I don't even. watch Bama football. I like to actually keep no. my lunch in my stomach. I don't. Oh like my god, he's habits. the worst. It was a poorly called game on the offensive side. Um, I felt bad. Bryce was getting a, a ton of pressure as well. Our offensive line could not hold him. Um, and it, it, it's been happening. Everybody watched the AM game. You blitz us, we fall apart. Fall apart. We can't do anything. And, and I don't know how we're, we're going to rectify that because we haven't yet. But it got way too close. I also think and this is across the board. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the SEC games this weekend because I was there, but officiating in the SEC, it, it is mind-blowingly bad. It is horrible. It's it is so much worse. Just in the last the Anything it's specific the stand out to you in this game? Um, there should have been a targeting call uh, at the end of the game against, not against Bryce Young, but on, it was on Bryce Young. Right. That should have been that should have been called. Um, LSU was holding like crazy, and, and of course I'm gonna I'm I'm watching for what happens against Bama. I'm sure Bama did some stuff that needed to be called as well, but the officiating was terrible. Um, and it, I mean it wasn't just me saying it; the entire stadium was about to lose their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, I don't know what it is, but our we have some blocking troubles that are, are plaguing us right now. And if we don't fix those and if we don't get better play calling on the offensive side of the ball, then Bama is not as good as a number two team. And it will show if we don't fix that. Um, I, I right now do not think we are as good as a number two team. I don't, I'm very surprised that we're ranked that high because I wouldn't rank us that high. Yeah. Wow. Well, maybe you can uh, take solace in the fact that uh, perhaps your presence there is what got them over the hump there, and, oh, and you're Jesus able to God. cheer them on. <laughs> so I can't go back; it's too far. <laughs> you did uh, the thing, Jesse. Congrats! Yeah, there you go. Okay. Let's let's listen to what uh, Saban had to say about the win, and then uh, we'll get your thoughts, Matt. Well, Coach Saban, LSU has the ball. They're going in to tie the game. Your defense stands up. Again, right there, your defense is there. How do you describe the way your team responded to this? Well, you know, the defense did a great job. We got a lot of stops in the second half when it was a one-score game. One on the goal line when it was third and nine or whatever was really big. But, you know, offensively, we didn't move the ball at all. Lots of three and outs. Couldn't keep the ball away from them. So a win's a win. It's always great to beat LSU. We knew they had a good team. They played a really good game. But I'm proud of our players for the way they competed and finished the game. You warned that your kids all week that LSU would bring the best against you. How did they respond when they kept getting slugged in the mouth? Well, I, I think they responded well. I mean, we ended up winning the game. We ended up doing what we had to do to win the game. We didn't get it done on offense, but we did on defense. And it's a team game, and the score is the score, and it only matters when it's over, and it's in our favor. Thank you, Coach. Right, thank you. Matt, what are your thoughts on the game? <laughs> Head scratcher. Oh, yeah, for those that can't see. Head right. I have some kind of commentary there. Why? Okay, and what – bizarre world did we slide into did we did the gravitational pull of the planet get thrown off and we ended up 
getting sucked into some wormhole where Nick Saban doesn't sound like he wants to kill everybody because every time we've listened to a sound clip of him in the last six weeks, I feel like he's been like very much nice. coach speak, very like not angry midget did, man. Like I don't what, understand what's going on here. What do we call him? Chill, bro Saban. Right, bro Saban. Bro Saban. Bro Saban's scary now. I don't. I don't. Bro Saban might like, be scarier. You know what, Jesse? You might want to cover your ears. <laughs> I think he's getting tired. No. I, I think Did he's getting tired. Him? He's got another I five I think years. he's getting tired. I don't know, kid. He's, how old is Nick Saban? Hey, Google. I'm going to ask Google. How old is Nick Saban? Didn't he just turn, didn't he just turn 70 or something like that? On Halloween. Halloween's his birthday. He's 70. He's 70 yeah. years old. He's he tired. Turned it on. He's, an old, he he's an old man. He wants out. No. Just when I think they're out, they pull me back in. Listen, I um, there's 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 signs here. I never thought I would hear Saban say, uh, "Let's not worry about the mental lapses and just enjoy the win." I I never mm. thought I would ever hear nope. that. Nope, that's that's it. I think because whoever put muscle relaxers in the water for the <laughs> kicker for poor Will, who has been our rock, must have put it in Saban's water too. Yeah, I think, maybe that's what I, it is. Maybe they're lacing the Twinkies or the Hostess. Ding dongs, whatever he eats. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> honey, honey buns don't at me. Anyway, um, as far as this game goes, I hate, I absolutely detest the fact that Coach O didn't have a chance to win this ball game. Um, I uh, I wanted him to go out a winner over Bama just 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 one time. That could have been fun. Um, what a weird thing that would have been. Like he has been a winner lame. over Bama. He beat us. I meant again. Like, I, oh, once no. wasn't enough. Lame lame duck coach. with a win like this that would have been weird yeah that'd be that would just be i would love it i would love it the the other thing um i was looking at was the stat line and uh (laughs) yards per rush 0.2 i'm just glad it was positive and wasn't like negative four i've never seen a team struggle to run the ball worse than that in my entire life and i'm a tennessee fan (laughs) it's just oh that was a rough game for bama but it Saban's right. A win's a win. You know, quote Vin Diesel from uh, Fast and Furious: "You win by an inch, you win by a mile. You still win." Yeah, I went there. Thank God. It's like two thousand. Life, life lessons with Vin Diesel. Yeah, with Vin Diesel. Oh. <laughs> need to tag him on Twitter when we post that link. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, gr- great win for Bama. Uh, I th- I agree with Jesse. I I don't I don't know if Bama's the second best team in the nation. I don't, I don't think we are. They they sure aren't playing like it the last couple of weeks, and I know the SEC's tough, but boy, it's going to be real interesting come the end of the season. Yeah, like we were saying, it's, it, it's things are heating up, and uh, these next few weeks uh, for the um, obviously the East is is sewn up, but as far as uh, the, the remainder of the games, even in the East and the West, are going to be interesting from here on out. So. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of the East, let's talk about Tennessee at Kentucky. Um, Tennessee winning this one, uh, a wild, wild game, uh, winning this one 45 to 42. Uh, Matt was the only one to pick Tennessee uh, because he believed. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I told um, y'all. And uh, you know what? You I, were right. Just go ahead. Jump into it, man. What, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, listen, I, uh, I watched this game with my dad and, uh, me and my dad were sitting there watching the game and my dad's like, we look a lot better than we did earlier. And I went, yeah, we do. Um, 
their obviously defense was awful, awful, atrocious in this game. Um, but boy, that offense though, uh, you know, come out firing strong. We scored in like the first three plays of the game. Um, offensively speaking, Kentucky had to come out and grind it out. Um, we, we body blow after body blow from Kentucky's offense. I felt like, um, the thing that really was astonishing about this game was the time of possession. If you look at the time of possession, uh, Kentucky had the ball for 46 minutes, 46 minutes. They had, they had possession of the ball. Tennessee had the ball for 13 minutes, but Tennessee still found a way to win. Um, by the way, and I don't know who the offici- officiating, uh, not the officiating crew, who the announced crew for this game was, but they were awful. They were awful. There were so many like little, just little, and I do sports broadcasting on the side. And I'm not, not an ESPN professional by any stretch, but like if you call a player, you should know what name they are. Um, if it's fourth down for the t- for the volunteers, you should say fourth down for the volunteers, not fourth down for the walkout. Just little things here and there. It was just. It just was not good. I didn't like it. Um, and, and also they harped on that time possession thing like it was a bad thing. And granted it was because Kentucky's offense was on the field most of the game. Um, and We're in 97 plays. Yeah, uh, that seems to be happening quite a bit. Uh, you know, Ole Miss ran 100, Auburn ran, or Alabama ran like 97 or something like that. It's Our defense needs a, needs a shot in the arm. But we lost so many people on both sides of the ball that I'm not – that shocked by that, but um, overall, thought it was a great game. Um, I, I'm, I'm every week. I'm more impressed with Hendon Hooker and his play. I feel like he's gotten so much better just in the last month or two. Um, he looks really good. Uh, you know, he's able to make those reads, able to find those open ball carriers. I feel like the schemes that our our wide receivers are running are really good. Um, I wish we ran the ball a little bit more efficiently. Um, You know, Jabari Small looks like an absolute monster. Jalen Wright looks like a monster. Hendon Hooker, when he gets loose, can go too. Um, I just, I feel like that we should do that a little bit more. But, you know, Hendon Hooker goes 15 for 20 for 316 yards and four touchdowns. I got nothing to complain about. I got nothing to complain about at all. Um, But I'm glad that this went down. By the way, going back to um, circle to bad SEC officiating, Finally, Tennessee had a bad call go our way on a face mask call that would have given Kentucky a first down. They botched that call badly, and I'm glad that they did. But it did man, work out though. They got the they got the first down on what fourth and twenty four well, or whatever. Fourth and twenty six. Fourth and twenty six. Okay. Yeah, I guess it worked out either way. But daggum, hey, the, officiating in the SEC is awful. It's so bad. It's, so it's worse bad. than it's ever been. Yeah. There's and no, did you see? No question about did that you see head. Will Levis when he was trying to get that call? He was on the ground and he was like tugging at his face mask like this, and it looked like I was like wondering if he was okay. It looked like he was going into convulsions down there. Yeah, he but, uh, well, I mean, he was pretty upset, and I don't blame him because if you know, yeah, you got to advocate for yourself in the situations. Sure. But but uh, Stoops getting himself a uh, sideline penalty was not which not a good I, that idea. that puzzled me, man. Uh, oh, he was refs listen, get yelled at he, all the time. So he, he must have given said that guy the business. He, he must have said, said something, something deeply personal about his mother yeah. uh-huh. or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, like I don't I don't know. Yeah, cuz even on the call I was mentioning for Bama on the what we thought should have been targeting towards uh Bryce Young, Saban went nuclear right. on all of the officiating crew. Like 
they had it on the big screen. I could see right. him down there, but you could see on the big screen, and there was nothing but pure rage, and right, nothing happened. Or, I mean, maybe he was too scared to call it against him. I don't know, but or you George rarely Bush see that happen. Nuclear. It's yeah, it's got to be something like really egregious for them to call it. I feel like because they get yelled at all the time. Yeah, right, and that's I was I was kind of taken aback by that, but uh, but yeah, tweet um, him and ask him. Oh, by yeah. the way, I, I I do want to shout out Alante Taylor for that beautiful pick six he had uh, in the fourth quarter, or I think the fourth quarter, third quarter. Amazing, amazing play. I love yeah. Alante Taylor. Yeah, I hope he gets lots of money on Sundays here soon. <laughs> Not too nice. soon though. I think right he's now. still got a year of eligibility left. Gotcha. He doesn't need to go anywhere quite yet. Yeah, just <laughs> hang on for a little bit. Let's uh, let's listen to the victorious coach uh, Josh Heupel, and then uh, Jesse, let's get your thoughts on it. Well, Coach Heupel, your defense on the field for 99 plays tonight, but they were able to get it done at the end. What stood out to you about that unit on that last drive? Effort, strain, competing, a lot of things that we can do a lot better on both sides of the football. But, man, our kids play hard. They play every second of that clock. Love these guys. Offensively, Hendon Hooker didn't have the ball for a lot of time, but he certainly got it done when he did. What did you like about his performance? Uh, super efficient, accurate with the football all night long, took care of it. You know, the first half was really unique in just the way that it unfolded. A lot of big plays for us and them on long drives. Uh, this group of guys, man, they love to compete together, man. And uh, we're building a really special foundation to our program. We've talked about this rivalry. It's going to be physical. It's going to be a four-quarter ball game every time you get your first win in this rivalry. What does it mean to do it in this manner? Uh, it's big for us uh, this week. Uh, for our kids, you can see the excitement uh, in their faces right now. Man, they're they're excited. Our fan base is excited and rejuvenated with what we're doing. Um, enjoy this one tonight. We got bus trip back to to Knoxville, and then we got a big football game next week too. Thank you, Coach. Congrats. Appreciate it. Go Big Orange. Yeah, uh, Jesse. Why into the hype ball? <laughs> Woo! Or what did you, you say? You ready for, for ready for it to get into uh, to activate the hypo drive? <laughs> <laughs> I saw, so I saw that one. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh man, the jokes uh, write themselves. So. Uh, Jesse, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think we talked about it earlier with A and M talking about how big a crowd can be for a team, and for this to be at Kroger Field, knowing that they've had significant wins over mm-hmm. some really tough teams at home, is is huge for Tennessee to go in there and and to play. You know. A later game at Kroger Field, it's, it's a, a really big deal. So congrats to them, especially looking at the time of possession. I know we talked about it, but it just goes to show that when you have explosive plays and you're able to really make a, a difference in a fast amount of time, you don't have to stay on the field that long. Now, your defense is going to get tired, uh, so you have to be able to manage the the clock that way. But I think that's huge, and, um, you know, it's it's a big deal. I didn't – and Matt, maybe you can shed some light on this. I didn't know Kentucky was a big rival for Tennessee. Oh yeah, huh? yeah. It's always been a, a, a one of those games. Where, well, it, what's that? What's the that last unofficial trophy they have between the beer two? barrel? Yeah, the beer barrel. Uh-huh. It used to be the battle for the beer barrel, but then a couple of kids got killed in a drunk driving accident right before the game '97, I think it was, yeah. and so they got rid of the beer barrel. But they should bring it back. I mean, my God, yeah. we sell beer in Neyland Stadium now. Let's have the beer barrel back. It was great. It's a big barrel with orange and, and blue planks on it. 
it's atrocious. <laughs> it looks awful because those two colors just kind of grr. But um, yeah, there's you look around. There's pictures on the internet. It's somewhere. I have I, no idea. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember seeing seeing it. Okay. If not, they can make they can make a new one. Yeah. But, that, uh, that's that's the one thing about the SEC that bugs the absolute tar out of me is what? we don't have like you look at the Big Ten, the Pac-12. They've got all these trophy games like the battle right. for Paul Bunyan's axe and, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the, you know, battle for the Seminole war, war canoe down in Florida or what have you and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I, and I just wish there was more of that in the SEC, but we don't, we just play football, I guess. I don't know. We're not, we don't have to dress it up any. There's a few, but I feel like they're not quite as uh, highly. T- Obviously you got Georgia, uh, Auburn, deep South's oldest rivalry. You got the iron bowl. You Egg got bowl. Yeah, you got a yeah, you got okay. a few around, but um, battle for the boot. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the worst trophy ever. <laughs> it's the most obnoxious looking. Uh, it just looks terrible. I'm sorry. It's just yeah. uh, it's just unwieldy. Yeah. It's huge and and weirdly shaped. <laughs> so, um, Egg bowl trophy looks weird too. Yeah, yeah. Well, was supposed to be a football, right? Or how they looked back in the day, but it mm-hmm. looks like an egg. So they're like, ah, eh, we'll call it the egg. It's like an egg to me. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, a uh, let's let's end this on a another crazy note, and that was uh, Florida at South Carolina. And my gosh, Florida losing to South Carolina, or more aptly, South Carolina blowing them out forty to seventeen. Nobody got the point because again, why would you why would you pick? Uh, given the body of work that we've seen this year, and I know Florida has had their struggles, but what you have seen. Why would you pick South Carolina, especially, especially when you consider that they went from uh, having a, starter, uh, a starting quarterback in Luke Doty to uh, a graduate assistant, uh, uh, Zeb Noland, and then um, because of, uh, of, uh, of his own injury, or I guess he got benched, actually, um, the, uh, the starting quarterback was, uh, was named – um, Jason Brown for South Carolina, fifth year transfer from FCS school, St. Francis of Pennsylvania, Not even a direction of that name. Pennsylvania gets his first start for the Gamecocks. So a holy school, St. Francis. I- exactly. Um, so on the other side of the ball, Anthony Richardson uh, concussed last week and didn't start this week. Uh, so Emory Jones uh, getting the nod, of course. Um, so, uh, but I don't know if you guys saw this. They, they talked about it on, uh, on a few of the shows. Uh, at one point, Florida's defense was so terrible <laughs> that uh, on, the, on a touchdown throw uh, thrown into the uh, back of the end zone, no one on the SEC network crew could figure out what the coverage was supposed to be. <laughs> and it's like they were just looking at the scheme, and uh, Gene Chizik was like, you guys asked me what, what was supposed to happen here, and I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um because it was that bad i mean it was like i I don't i don't know if you guys saw i think uh was earlier today uh south carolina i think on twitter put uh things and i i can't remember the receiver who caught the ball things that he could have done while waiting for for defenders to get to him and they filmed him in the back of the end zone he was like uh, he had a blanket he was taking a nap he had a golf club he was practicing golf back there golf Uh, balls in football stadiums are dangerous don't do that don't do that that. that's true bad bad juju um what was something else i think he was like i i don't know it was they listed a ton of stuff and it was it was pretty funny so they were having fun with it as well but um 
good on Shane Beamer. Let's listen to what he had to say because he was just soaking it in, I think, after the game. What does this mean? Everything. Uh, just so happy for these guys. They, uh, they're in that. Um, unbelievable. For the last two weeks, all we've talked about is just competition and competing. And, and I told you guys yesterday, like, you worry when you come off a game like Texas A&M, going into an off week, how the mentality is going to be. We had an unbelievable week of practice the last two weeks. And, um, and, um, and they competed. Um, the best two weeks of practice that we've had all season. Uh, I told you guys, I'm trying to shorten the practices last week. In an off week, they give them a break, and they're coming to me wanting to practice longer. So they deserve this. So happy for them. And hopefully this is just the, the start of something special. What does this mean for the start of Jason Brown's career here at South Carolina? Unbelievable night. I mean, we told our players last night in the team meeting, I, I talked about what he did in his first start ever at St. Francis. And I think he threw for 300 yards, was the conference player of the week. Uh, so we told him Jason was going to play well. Now, did I know he was going to play that well? No. But what he did is he did a great job of uh, – we did a great job of running the ball and helping him out. Defense got turnovers. Just a – Unbelievable night to be a Gamecock. Yeah, how about some of your defensive guys, Jabari Ellis with the scoop and score. You were going nuts. What does that mean when your defense is scoring points to help your offense? It's huge. And it was, you know, part of the thing tonight that we knew we needed to do to win the football game was win the turnover margin. And and uh, uh, we did that. When you score on defense, that's hard to overcome. And just so happy for these kids. They work so, so hard. And to come out here and, and play and win a game in an environment and against a really, really good Florida team. So whatever the narrative is about them, they got really good players. And uh, they they were out there tonight, so fantastic night. So proud of our guys, and, and uh, we're going to enjoy the heck out of this one. I know you said you wanted to emphasize running the football today. All four of your guys ended up doing that. What did you think of the way you were able to move the ball? Uh, it was uh, – oh, jump the gun. Um, they did great. Offensive line was physical. Tight ends were physicals, physical. Uh, all those guys got in the action, and, and we've got to continue to build on this and, and keep getting better from this. Uh, for, as, for as awesome as a win that was, there were a lot of plays that we – left out there too that that uh uh made it even closer than it needed to be all your family flanking you after this is over your parents are up there watching well how are you going to celebrate this unbelievable it's what it's all about and coach white our, our defensive coordinator said it on the headphones this is why we came to carolina and this is just the start so we're, we're getting back to competing for championships soon here and we got an unbelievable group of recruits that are here at this game that saw this hopefully a lot more watching on tv and and uh just very very proud thank you coach congrats thank you no no moment wasted right it's like he he's got that spotlight he's going to mention recruiting He's going to mention that, you know, South Carolina is headed back to the winning ways and stuff like that. So he was soaking it in and definitely using that opportunity. Uh, Jesse, what were your thoughts on this one? I feel like the reporter needed to ask like three fewer questions. He gave very <laughs> lengthy answers. He did. He did the very nice coach thing where he's like, yeah, we're going to go enjoy it. And she didn't get the, the cue. Um, and he's got like a, I'm what I can only assume is he's holding a child. Cause I heard like little, yeah, his, his family ran out there with him. Yeah. There to, and to she celebrate. even was like, your family, your parents are all here. It's like, yeah, shut up and let him go. <laughs> um, but that's just me, yeah. but that is humongous for South Carolina. Now I do disagree with him saying that this is a very good Florida team. I do not think they are, but it is well, he, he's going to say that, right? He's got he to. has to. He coach did a speak. great job. He did coach speak. It was a great job. But humongous for South Carolina. Um, they couldn't have a quarterback with a more generic name coming out of nowhere. 
uh, but good for him. Very exciting. And I just need everybody to, to truly take a moment and, and to stop and to pick up your phone, whether you're looking through your contacts, whether you're looking through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is um, that you keep tabs on your, your close circle of friends or even those on your outer circle. Uh, I just want to encourage you this week to reach out to your Florida friends, uh, check on them, make sure they're okay, uh, offer them a shoulder to cry on, an ear to listen, because it's bad in Gainesville. (laughs) I don't know about (laughs) y'all. There it is. There it is. If somebody says they're a Florida fan, I immediately go ahead and cross them off my friend list because I'm not. Just hug them. Love them through it, y'all. Love them. Matt's, Matt's getting to know somebody at first, and you know you've hit it off, and then they all of a sudden blurt out. By the way, you know I'm a really big Gators fan, and Matt's like, "Nope, sorry, all right, we're done." Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Thanks, though. Yeah. yeah. Carolina, Carolina almost lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah. So that's the thing is, I, I have to remind myself. So we we were talking about this game going into it as how these teams had the same record coming in, and guys. South Carolina now has a better record than Florida. Again, a lot of these things that we talked about, you were talking about A&M earlier. If you would have told me this a, a few weeks ago or at the beginning of the season, I would have laughed at you um, very heartily. <laughs> and like, this is just a, an unbelievable turn of events uh, in the conference. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, it's not going to show up. No. Oh, 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 I see it. I see it kind of. Uh, Yep. You know what that is, kids? That's a red flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a red flag. I am flying a red flag to Florida because we don't know what's going on. Um, listen, I do not hide the fact that I can't stand the University of Florida. In my hierarchy of schools, I can't stand. Bama's up there. Florida's up there. Northside High School's up there. Sorry if you're an <laughs> Eagles fan. Um, there's reasons for that. But there's, there's a list of them. Okay, Florida's at the top. As much as I can't stand Florida, I, I don't know what's going on, and I don't like it. I don't like it. Like, I like it a little bit. Like, a little bit of that shade and Freud starting to kick in. But, like, the majority of, like, my, my non-primate like primate brain, the lizard part of my brain that shuts off, like, when I, like, look at this analytically, and I go, what's going on? Something is awful down in Gainesville, and I don't know what happened. Um, you know, we've always been kind of suspicious of Dan Mullen as far as how he handled things, and it seems like he's in the process of losing that locker room. Um, you can usually tell when people don't want to fight for you, and it doesn't seem like that Florida team wants to fight for him right now. Um, there's a lot of a narrative, to quote uh, Beamer, there's a narrative around the Florida football program right now. Um, and it's just one of those things where we're kind of going, eh, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, uh, didn't we see that Grantham got fired and I think the O-line coach got canned also, uh, mm-hmm. Sunday night. So mm-hmm. they're starting to clean house, um, as far as <clears throat> bringing in new blood for their offense and defense. So, but the hot seat is turned all the way up and it's on high. I was going to say, do you that- feel like, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, if that was, a, if that was a maneuver to get the heat off him, well, the heat is squarely on him now. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm but sorry, do you feel it. like, and, and this could be 
just completely conjecture. And it is at this point. But last year, there's so much hype around the Kyles, right? Like it was all about the pair of Kyles. Do you think that Mullen maybe fostered or focused way too much on the pair of Kyles? Did not focus anywhere else did not build up any other players, whether that be from an on-the-field perspective or just investing in them and showing them that they're important. And now that things are kind of getting a little, uh, they're not buying into him because they didn't feel like he invested in them. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. But that's the first thing that comes to mind. I don't know uh, how good of a uh, player – uh, manager he is to begin with because let's not forget and and I had forgotten this that uh, when Kyle Trask came in uh, Dan Mullen wasn't playing him the only reason he got in the game was because Felipe Franks got injured yep and so he was kind of you know perhaps being a little bit and there uh, was a stubborn about a, that a as well rivalry between yeah. the two of them because Felipe Franks was fighting for his life and people right. were calling for Trask right exactly and Mullen uh, in kind of the same manner he's been with Richardson this year is like, no, uh, I want to stick with, with my guy. And um, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a lot that's been going on. And I actually didn't uh, know about this either. And, and I was reading about it. I think I sent it to you guys about uh, Dan Mullen apparently now has a, uh, a, a year long uh, show cause in effect. Mm -hmm. uh, because um, he, I think it was a couple of recruits he spoke with directly um, that he was not supposed to uh, dur is during a period of time when he was not supposed to. And so uh, he's got that show cause and effect for a year. Basically his leadership has to attest that he's recruiting in the proper way. I think every six months or whatever the show cause terms are. Um, so that's. He was good at Mississippi State. I mean, yeah. he, he had started to build a really great program over there. Mississippi State fans were so upset when they lost him. I mean, so upset. Like, yeah, yeah. Had all of their, like, game day buttons and shirts about him, they burned, literally. It's so weird because, remember, we, we I think we said it on the show here, it, where if he can recruit like that at Mississippi State, imagine what's going to happen when he's at Florida. And it's been – I can't describe it because it's like the, one of those deals where what you expect to happen doesn't happen at all, at least so yeah. far. Um, so I don't know. You guys got any more thoughts on that before we move on? Blessing. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about our pick em standings uh, before we move on. I got 28. Jesse has 25 and Matt has 24. So we're all just kind of moving up. Um, it's still bunched up. And uh, we'll see how things go from here on out. Lots more games to get to. So, all right, let's talk about the uh, news of the week. Here's the news. All right, obviously, we've already talked about uh, Florida uh, firing uh, Todd Grantham and the offensive line coach. Um, so let's, uh, let's actually go ahead and get to um, our fresh reactions to the CFP rankings, which just dropped uh, about an hour two-ish ago. Um, so it's all fresh on our minds. Um, and in order, they are number one, Georgia, number two, Alabama, number three, Oregon, number four, Ohio State, number five, Cincinnati, 
number six, Michigan, number seven, Michigan State, number eight, Oklahoma, number nine, Notre Dame, number 10, Oklahoma State, and then uh, the rest of the SEC teams in the top 25 are number 11, Texas A&M, number 15, Ole Miss, number 17, Auburn, and number 25, getting back into the top 25, Arkansas. Do you guys have any uh, thoughts, reactions to this? Are there any surprises there? Um, is anything that's shocking you right now? I'm shocked Michigan State's still in the top 10 if they lost to unranked Purdue. Same. That's what that's, I was thinking. That's the thing that doesn't make sense, especially putting them in front of Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Nah, it's just, I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. Doing I that. couldn't tell you anything about Notre Dame this season. The only thing I know is the only thing I need to know. Irrelevant. Um, okay. Uh, Michigan State, how are you at seven? You lost to Perdon't. Um, Cincinnati. Spoiler makers. Spoiler makers. Um, Cincinnati surprises me at five. I did not expect the committee to give them that much of a nod because it is quite the nod from where they have been. I'm not saying I think they'll sneak in to the top four, but five is is quite an accomplishment for them right now so we'll see and i am super thankful alabama's ranked at number two because as i've said throughout the rest of the show i'm very nervous that we are not a number two team um yeah i mean those are those are the big ones i think is is really those quite quite frankly i don't understand why notre dame is number nine um i don't can't I don't really know what they've really done to kind of merit that but I'll tell you what that does is it gives Cincinnati a win against the top 10 team that's true yep so um that's good for them um it makes it makes it look good on paper for them so um I don't know I I kind of have a feeling that Cincinnati may slip in because of the the carnage the potential carnage that's out there we talked about Oregon's possibly uh, going to drop one later on. Ohio State, who knows? Um, they have had their their own struggles, although they've gotten it done so far. Uh, around them and behind them, Michigan. Michigan State's already lost. Um, I don't know. I guess what's going to what it's going to depend on is if any of those other teams have uh, have a big win and end up jumping them, which is also a possibility. So. Notre Dame almost lost and barely beat Florida State in overtime. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. That was like what second, second or third game of the season. It was the first game. Was it the first? Okay. Uh huh. They barely beat, literally by a field goal, Toledo. Um, yep. Close-ish game with Purdue. Which now sounds a little bit oh, better. Purdue's. Purdue is unranked. They're unranked, yeah, guys. Don't get too excited. Uh, Wisconsin, they are not good. They beat Wisconsin. They did lose to Cincinnati. They, again, by a field goal, barely beat Virginia Tech. Uh, beat USC. Didn't beat North Carolina by much. And then just beat Navy. It is, I, I mean... It is the Team Mom cupcake sale of a schedule. Yeah. But, yeah, it's – And they're at nine. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know. Um, 
that, that's that's my main takeaway. But it is interesting now that I now that I see that though. Okay, they're at number nine. Well, yeah, you just made Cincinnati look a lot better now. Um, so I don't know to the untrained I, eye and only the untrained eye. Right. Well, that's the thing is that's supposed to be part of the qualifiers for this is how things look on the field. The eye, the eye test that they, they love using that phrase, the eye test. And they're not really passing the eye test right now. And there's a lot of other teams that quite frankly aren't, but at the same time, Bama, Bama has passed the eye test the last couple of weeks. I was going to say at the same token, okay. I, I was listening to uh, Kirk talking, Kirk Herbstreit talking about, um, you know, you know, two teams, two through eight, you could almost kind of just, throw them all in a hat, jumble around and, and just, you know, just what, it, what the results are or, or what they are. And you could kind of poke holes in it, but at the end of the day, it'll it all kind of sort itself out. It's almost like we should do an 18 playoff. Yeah, I know. Right. It's amazing. What an interesting concept. Could you imagine, could you imagine those weeks? Like you'd have Georgia versus Michigan, no, Georgia versus Oklahoma. You'd have Bama versus Michigan state. You'd have Ohio, uh, Oregon versus, Michigan, Ohio State versus Cincinnati. That'd be what what matchups, man? What marquee huge big name matchups? It's good good college football TV, right? It is good college football. And if you look at the matchups, it's really um geographically very good from a ratings perspective and for getting you know everyone sort of involved. involved. The only people that aren't involved is well Florida. Yeah, Florida's (laughs) not involved. No Miami. Tallahassee it's, is gonna it's almost every corner of the of the country yeah. so uh yeah it's interesting uh, not there there is some movement not a lot but um yeah it's just uh gonna be one of those things like we said things are heating up uh teams are getting in position now and uh and we'll see what uh what the games decide so um all right uh we do have a uh a bit of listener feedback here um, which we've already kind of discussed, but not necessarily this in depth. So let's go ahead and get in, into that. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. So we, we do have a listener uh, comment here. Sam Al-Salim says, and we, we pose the question every week is, you know, what are your takeaways? What's your biggest surprises? And he says, uh, my biggest surprise is that Tennessee, Kentucky, and South Carolina are all ahead of Florida in the East. We mentioned Call your Florida fin- friends because they're not let me okay. Get my, let me get my red flag gift back up. Hold on. Yeah. You know, it, it does sound funny, but until you like step back and, and look at the, the big picture of the, the division standings, it kind of hits you. You're like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a real thing. <laughs> All those teams that we just mentioned that we usually don't think of being ahead of Florida uh, are in fact ahead of them. So um, I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts on that? Things are, are sort of starting to shift. I mean, there's always like a pendulum shift, and it, it does take a while in college football to shift. But if you think about it, 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 back in, you know, several, several years ago, these teams were all pretty decent, uh, maybe with the exception of Kentucky. But now mm-hmm. it's sort of flipping maybe maybe back around, and, and yeah, you truly never let's, know. Let's not, let's not get crazy now. Carolina had a good game against Florida, and Tennessee's looking better. Let's not – Let's not their pull what's his and say they're better. back. We're not doing that yet. We're not back, but I'm saying you're starting to see a, yeah. a little tilt. A seismic shift. So. Ooh, <laughs> like the earth science reference. Exactly. Um, yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. So d- definitely, as you mentioned before, check on your Florida friends. So, 
Um, all right, let's go ahead and, and talk about some of these upcoming matchups of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, the uh, first the, the, the first game of the weekend. Come on, Jesse, you know you want to pick New Mexico State. I hate all of you. The, <laughs> first, the first game of the week uh, is a tune-up game for Alabama. New Mexico State 1-8 and eight at Alabama 8-1 and one noon on SEC Network. I can say that because I actually went to a New Mexico State-Georgia game uh, a few years ago, um, and that was basically as you would expect. Uh, I expect the same in this one. Bama's going to try to get the uh, the kinks worked out, get some things figured out, um, and they win this one easily, 59-7. to seven. Jesse? Offense line, figure out how to block. Bill O'Brien, don't suck. Bama, 52-6. to six. All right. Matt, guys, guys, the line in this game is 51 and a half. Yeah, so it's a lot. 51 and a half. I don't think I've ever seen a line that high. Because to get to a certain point, you're just like, yeah, we're not going to even take bets on it. Why right, it's just blank. It but that's a lot. Over under on this is 67. So, Ooh. yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't foresee this happening. Um, I don't see the upset coming here. Uh, so, and I'm also thinking that 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 line's not good enough um i think that bama's gonna come underneath that a little bit so i'm gonna say bama wins or wins this thing 48 to 10 okay so not as big a margin of victory but all right maybe new mexico gets a garbage time touchdown at the end or yeah something some that mess over some poor guy's bet right right make him lose his house right <laughs> all right uh next is mississippi state um at five and four Three and three in the SEC at Auburn, six and three, uh, three and two in the SEC. That is also a noon kickoff on ESPN. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is another another close, wild one. Um, I think, you know, obviously Auburn's got that Jordan Hare uh, uh, voodoo going on. I think that they do get this done. It although it's close, twenty eight twenty four, Jesse. Never trust the Jordan Hare Juju ever. Taking the Tigers twenty four to seventeen. All right, Matt. Y'all are giving Mississippi State a lot more credit than I am. Um, I, I think Mississippi State's played well the last couple of weeks. I'm still not sold on them. So I'm gonna say Auburn 20, 28-10. I'm just not sold on Auburn. Mm. Yeah. At home, I'm sold. At on, home, I'm sold on Auburn. They're home, better. <clears throat> right. All right. Uh, next, we have Samford at three and five at Florida, four and five. Uh, that is noon on ESPN Plus. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but when your record's almost as bad as Samford, just do. And this, I mean, I, Florida's going to win this game. I, I, I believe. Um, as I've got them winning forty-two to seventeen, but they got to be careful. I mean. Um, obviously, Samford is probably looking at this game like, hey, this is as beatable as Florida's ever been. You know what I mean? We need to give it everything we've got right now. So um, it's, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Jesse, what are, you, what are your thoughts? The Gators, <clears throat> maybe. Uh, very close record. Guarantee you Samford's had that Carolina game playing on loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Gators will take it 32 to six. And the only reason I'm that confident is because they're in the swamp. 
Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Matt. I think Florida ends up bouncing back a little bit in this game. Um, uh, I think the defense will play a little bit better. Sanford's a little bit of a step down compared to South Carolina. So I'm going to say Florida wins 35-3. Okay. All right. Next we have Georgia at 9-0, 7-0 in the SEC, at Tennessee at 5-4, 3-3 3-3 in the SEC. And that's a 3-30 kickoff on CBS, the SEC game of the week for CBS. Um, and you know what, Matt? I want you to go first. You make your pick no, first. No, 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 no. No, don't throw off the juju. You go first. Okay. All right, but I, I do I, I don't want to just make my pick because I feel like I feel like we need to talk about this because we've talked about Do you want me to go first? Bit. Yeah, sure. Go for it. As a completely unbiased, someone who hates them both. <laughs> um I I will I have a slight comment after I give my prediction. <laughs> I'm picking UGA. Twenty eight to ten. However, in a rare turn of events, I hope Tennessee wins. That is rare. Wait, is there any motivation behind that or just? Um, I hope they knock UGA down. I hate just, UGA. Yeah. Um, She's not wrong. The Yush. The Yush. Gotcha. All right. Um, yeah, so I think this one is going to be um, an, an odd one. Um I, I do think the dogs win. And look, um, I know I probably shouldn't pay attention to social media. I know that, uh, Tennessee fans are making it really difficult for me to be nice and objective this week. Um, you, ball goose. <laughs> but you know, you know what? I'm not, I'm not taking the bait. Okay. Instead, I'm going to take a different approach. All right. Um, so if they want to talk about, you know, drought since 1980 or supposedly choking every year, you know, I'll say that, you know, you know what, that re- reputation is possibly been earned okay uh the dogs have got to accept that people are going to say stuff like that and i'm sure obviously they're used to it kirby is probably used to it whatever and got them conditioned to not even respond to stuff like that uh, anymore um but they also have to recognize that they have the power to change that narrative right narratives weren't meant to live forever i mean jesse uh, as you well know i'm sure alabama was a laughing stock uh, for many years so in the 90s bad. and the 2000s. Obviously, so that narrative has changed <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, Vanderbilt used to be really good in the 1920s, okay? Um, that's changed. Uh, Florida, honestly, hasn't been able to, to decide which narrative they want to pick uh, for the past decade or so. Um, you know, you can only taunt with the, the, the choker comments for so long before a new generation of players comes up who simply doesn't care about that narrative they want to write a narrative of their own. So, and now is the time to change that in the program's trajectory. So that's, that's what I'll say to all, all that. So um, I do have the dogs winning, um, what did I say? Um, 38 to 21. Um, obviously I hope that the defense can, can hold a little bit better than that, but I'll tell you as, as Hendon Hooker goes, so goes this game. If the dogs are able to fluster him, then it's going to be a long day for Tennessee fans. However, if he's able to, you know, get some, get in some space, scramble a little bit, uh, beat us over the top um, as the secondary that hasn't really been tested that much because the front seven has been so strong. um, I think that it could perhaps go the opposite way. Um, I'm not saying that Tennessee, I think Tennessee would win, but I think it would be, you know, a very trying day for the dogs. So 
Anyway. Wes, you are by far the most lovely and gracious George fan. <laughs> I could probably try agree. because I'm trying to look at it in the big because it's easy to to talk smack, but then I I've always been of the mind if I get if I talk smack, uh, first of all, uh, I'm not the one playing. Um, second of all, um, that comes back to bite you really, really fast. And that's no fun, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's look at this in the big picture. Anyway, Matt, what are Nobody your... Nobody will be inspired by the Braves. Yeah, that's, that's my thought. That's my hope, anyway. Similar narrative. Matt, what you got? I think you've got a point about uh, Georgia's defense, their secondary in particular, not being challenged vertically. Uh, I think this is going to be a game where if Hendon Hooker can get into a rhythm, if they can give him the protection he needs, if we can get the pass game going, I think this is a game where Tennessee has a chance to stretch the field. Um, another thing that I was talking to a buddy of mine that I work with, uh, who he he played, um, uh, you know, uh, college ball. He's, he knows a little bit about football. He told me that he thinks Tennessee will win this game strictly off pace. Um, Georgia, you know, has been is big on subbing in guys, moving people in and out. Um, and with the pace that Tennessee runs, that could be a problem. Um, with a, whether that's penalties, whether that's you know kids getting gas, not being able to get those subs in as efficiently as Georgia would like. So I think that's going to be the thing. And I think if it comes down to a foot race between Tennessee's offense and Georgia's offense, I like Tennessee's chances. So with that being said, I'm donning the headgear, a la Lee Corso. And I'm going to say that Tennessee wins this thing, pulls off the upset, wins this ball game, 28-24. Matt, we need to we need to get you a smoky head head yeah. gear to just. I don't. Know, I, I I I think this is this is. Yeah. This is, or a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's pretty good though. That's pretty good. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I like Tennessee's chances in this game. Yeah, I'm actually. Um, I'm going to be listening to this one on the radio on the way back. I will get to see most of it, but I'm I'm hoping to be uh, uh, I'm hoping to enjoy the drive with the radio. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, all right. Uh, next, we have South Carolina at five and four, um, two and four in the conference. Obviously, a big win last week at Mizzou. Four and five, one and four in the conference. That's four o'clock on SEC Network. Um, Mizzou is favored by one. Um, by Vegas, or at least they were last I looked. But I'm I'm taking the approach that South Carolina's pumped coming off that big win. Uh, Mizzou is on the decline, um, and I'm going to say South Carolina uh, comes away with a win here, uh, 31 to 28. Jesse, what do you got? Wes, I have to agree with you. I same thoughts exactly. I think Carolina is stoked right now. They finally got a boost of confidence. Not only did they win, but they won by a large margin. And Mizzou is terrible. Um, so I'm going to pick the game Cox 28 to 17. All right, Matt, what you got? Anytime you have a big win, you always have to worry about the hangover afterward. And I think this is going to be one of those games where the hangover gets South Carolina and I'm actually picking Mizzou. I'm going to go Missouri wins this ball game. 21, 20. All right. I got to do something to to catch back up in the standings. I'm, I'm like five off the, off the pace. So, right. Got to do something. Um, all right. Next, uh, Texas A&M at 7-2, and 4-2 in the conference at Ole Miss, 7-2, and 3-2 in the conference. Um, and that is 7 o'clock on ESPN. So, uh, big game 
uh, especially for A&M here, who's uh, trying to hang on to their hopes uh, in the West. Uh, clearly, those are still alive, uh, but they got to keep those alive in a game like this. Um, and I, I think that they are able to hang on in this one, and I've got A&M winning this one 35-28. to 28. Jesse? If we were in Kyle Field, I'd go a different way. But Good it point. is not. It is in Oxford. I think, you know, with their records being the exact same, I think Lane Kiffin is going to really try to push this one. Um, and, and I think Matt Corral goes off in this game. I don't – I think he's he's going to be the the difference maker here. I'm just not sure that A&M's defense is going to be able to to contain him. But on the same token, I don't know that Ole Miss is going to be able to uh, contain the Texas A&M offense and Zach Calzada. So I am going to pick Ole Miss 35-31. A lot of points. I hear you. All right, uh, Matt, what you got? Vegas has uh, has A&M by two and a half right now, and I'm going to go with Vegas as well. So I'm picking A&M here 28-27. So a little okay. bit closer to what Vegas is saying. Yeah, that sounds like an exciting one there. Um, all right, uh, next is Kentucky at six and three, four and three in the SEC at Vanderbilt, two and seven, and winless in the conference. Seven o'clock on ESPN two. Um, yeah, I think you know Kentucky's able to get this done. Of course, um, I think that's what we expect. Um, I'm going to go with them winning thirty-five to seventeen. Jesse. Yeah, no surprise. The Wildcats take this one, thirty-one to ten. Matt. I think everybody's saying Kentucky, and uh, I'm going to agree with everybody else because poor, poor Vanderbilt's just just not cut out for it this year. So, yeah, Kentucky wins big here, 42-10. This year. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Trying to be nice. Um, <laughs> all right, and finally, we have Arkansas at 6-3, and 2-3 three, and three in the conference at LSU, 4-5, and 2-4 and four in the conference, 7-30 on SEC Network. Um, yeah, this one is, should be an interesting one. Um, probably going to be another one of those hard-fought ones. Um, I, I'm going to go with Arkansas winning against uh, against LSU, 31 to 28. Jesse, what you got? I saw a side of LSU I was not prepared for this past weekend. I think that locker room is rallying around Coach O. It was obviously not their decision to to lose him, and and maybe they're not. I don't know, but I think these guys are about to play their guts out. And it's in Death Valley. Yeah. And at night, uh, I'm picking LSU 28 to 24. Yeah. Matt, I see the wheels turning. Like you want to, oh, you want to make I, an adjustment I, there. I, 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 um, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with my original pick. I'm going to say Arkansas wins this thing. Uh, Arkansas doesn't, um, Arkansas has been playing pretty good football. So I'm going to say Arkansas pulls off this win and they win 35, 24. Two score game. All right. Well, that does it for uh, our uh, upcoming games and our predictions. And uh, that also will do it for this episode. Uh, an exciting one. Lots of uh, interesting games to talk about. And then obviously the, uh, the latest rankings as well. So uh, let's let you guys uh, know how to contact us. If you'd like to email us, hit us up on uh, email at pigskinsandpageantry at gmail.com. On Facebook, we can be found at facebook.com just pigskins and pageantry. We're on Twitter at PPSCC Podcast and Instagram at pigskins and pageantry. Don't forget we are available for download on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and most podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment, subscribe, review, give us a five-star. We would love that. Greatly appreciate that. So 
Um, until next time, lots of exciting ones coming up, and the season is heating up. Go dogs. Bill O'Brien, be better. Offensive line, be better. Um, everybody be better. Roll time. Be better. Big game. Big game. Chance to do an upset. Let's get it done, boys. Let's get it done. Go balls. Be Georgia. No.